0: Did you know scuba divers roll backwards out of boats because if they rolled forward, they would just go into the boat? I did know that. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Are you going to bring
1: that up on the podcast?
0: I thought that was just a really insightful <laughs> piece
2: honestly, of information. that it wouldn't be, be bad. Honestly, I might just start it with that. <laughs> And then cut into some music and then into our actual conversation. Hey guys, welcome to the Common Life Podcast from the Well Church in Abilene.
0: I'm sitting still. All right.
2: Okay. JR, why don't you tell us just a little bit about why we're doing this podcast today, what we thought was important about it, and just uh, kind of where we're headed.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. So I think, I mean, as we started talking about things that we wanted to do to try to connect with people and try to serve people and minister to people, this idea came up. Honestly, we've talked a little bit about in in other times about having a podcast that would be ways for us to just have some conversation and let people in on the conversations that we have. Um, But I think outside of that, for this particular time, uh, you know, hopefully people are following, you know, medical professionals and doctors advice and they're um, staying home as much as possible. Um, And that's good. Like, you know, during this short period of time, like for physical health, but in terms of like, you know, sort of emotional and spiritual health being isolated can be hard, you know? And so I think just a real basic, like sort of ministry of presence, we wanted to be able to, um, put something out that kind of connected with people that we hope connects with people a little bit. Um, but also, um, just because it's a kind of a crazy time for many of us. This is, uh, you know, this is going to be the first time you've ever had to have some sort of scare like this, where you're, um, sort of seeing the world in a different way. And, and through like sort of lenses, you could sort of, constantly be looking at the world right now through lenses of threat and so um, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of ways that that can kind of mess with our hearts and so we thought it'd be good if um, we tried to have some some intentional um, conversations with each other where we're trying to be um, healthy In in both in being transparent about how we're dealing with this, so people can hear that as well, but also in trying to, like, point us back. How should we be responding to this biblically as followers of Jesus, um, as members of the well? Like, what are things we ought to be focusing on, thinking about, um, as we're trying to be Jesus followers in a crazy time?
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah, yesterday, actually, on that point, yeah, of this being something that just hasn't happened, I had someone ask me if in all of my time of worship leading I've ever had off been at a church where there were multiple Sundays off for any reason. And right. I thought about it and I was like, I, I can't think of one time since I've been born yeah. that there were multiple Sundays where the church didn't gather. So this is something completely unprecedented for me. I've never experienced it. I'm assuming neither of you guys have either.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think of like what in history would have caused something like this, like in the history of the United States. I mean, maybe, I mean, people talk about the, what is it, the the... 1918 Spanish flu or whatever, maybe, maybe people did it then. But I'm I'm trying to think of like something that, I mean, you know, when 9/11 happened, that 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 rocked the, that rocked the country, but attendance in church went up. I mean, right. You certainly didn't cancel services, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I'm reading a book right now on the um, uh, the Blitz at the beginning of the war, 1940 to 1941. And of was- course you. <laughs> And it was this, uh, it, it's the story about how the Germans bombed London for something like 76 days straight. And during that time, there was, um, yeah, a ban on being in public and gathering in big groups. And it was oh, wow. interesting how there was similar bans, obviously very different implications in, right. and uh, results from that. But I, I, it, it was just interesting reading that in light of this um, also being a time when they were trying to keep people from gathering in, in, in large groups. Uh, But, uh, yeah, in terms of United States and in in recent history, I can't think of anything.
1: Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Like, that's, like, for people who don't know, that's a very stereotypical book for you to be reading. Like, some historical, like, awesome, like, event in history kind of a book. Man, I, I
0: can nerd out hard on some history.
1: Do you want to take a guess at, like what I'm reading, like not for like study (laughs) stuff. Do you want to take a guess at what I'm reading?
0: You go through waves of either Wendell Berry and wanting to buy a farm and grow tomatoes (laughs) or um, definitely like the the book version of Battlestar Galactica. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: I'm definitely reading. It's like a. I think there's at least nine parts in this series, nine books in this series, but it's just um, it's it's a science fiction like epic
0: yeah okay <laughs> can I take the question that jr had yeah about why we're doing this yes absolutely yeah I the, the other thought I had was I, I think it's interesting because just in light of a pastoral schedule I mean you're, you're you're clearly prepping for Sundays and prepping for other gatherings but all throughout the week you're meeting with people and yeah. so you're getting coffee you're talking about cultural events you're talking about things that are happening in people's lives and with the, the current state of things, we're going to be prohibited from that for, for quite some time. And so um, having a, a, a time and space where we're able to talk about culture and talk about things in life, um, th- these are typically conversations you would have with someone over coffee at a coffee shop. And yeah, for sure. being able to, to to actually have those conversations um, in, in a much more public space, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the opportunity for that.
1: Yeah, yeah, hopefully people Hope can connect with that too.
2: yeah. Yeah, so since we started by talking about um, kind of why we're doing this, I, I think it would be great to kind of start with the question about how this situation is personally affecting each of us. Yeah. Um, and how, uh, even in our videos the other day that we kind of shared church wide, we, I think we all kind of in our own way mentioned that there's a couple of ways that you could tend to respond to things like this. Right. You could respond in anger yeah. and think that maybe this is just all a hoax or maybe. Maybe, you know what I mean? Maybe there's some conspiracy at play or you could you could kind of respond by disengaging um, and just putting your head in the sand and acting like it doesn't exist. Or you could respond with fear and panic and worry and just kind of live from that place like fear and panic and worry. Those are all natural things, but you could choose to live in that place and stay there. Um, I thought it'd be great if we could all just kind of share where we're at with that, and you could kind of share how this is personally affecting you, how you're maybe prone to respond to this, and then how you're trying to handle it and lead your family forward. JR, you want to start?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, one of the things is just that it's like... I'll I'll speak to, like, one of those three areas and where I'm most prone, Mm -hmm. um, but it's also just, like, so disorienting, right? I mean, like, it just, like things have shifted so fast so quickly um that it it, like it kind of feels like the ground's moving underneath your feet right like I mean one of the things I was uh, texting with somebody on Sunday morning um and just talking about how weird it was like you know I hadn't taken the Sunday off um I hadn't taken it was just like the family was just kind of hanging out like we just kind of got up and had breakfast and we're spending time together and Um, And it was just weird to have a Sunday morning where we weren't doing something and then like to, you know, sit there and do church, you know, on our couch and, um, you know, try to make our way through all of that stuff, which... (laughs) you know, did not go smoothly, Mm-mm. uh, at all. Uh, mm. like we like did pull, pulled out <laughs> all the tricks we could to like try to keep people's, keep our kiddos attention. Um, you know, for, through music and sermon and that kind of stuff, we had like Play-Doh out and like little things that they could like mess with in their hands. And still, I mean, like we lost attention real quickly and people were running through the house and, uh, yelling and yeah, it just, it wasn't, wasn't pretty.
0: Yeah. My kids were, um, really pumped about Tyler's song that went real yeah, good for sure and then they were pumped for the first two minutes of me talking because they were so I mean just ecstatic that daddy was on the television right. and grace could, couldn't get over the fact that I kept saying her name on television because I, I talk about grace a bunch <laughs> when I talk but um, after that I mean it was just like it was like a slow whittle like grace ended up walking away and uh, Elizabeth just kept telling me how boring I was. And then Jones just kept crying for PAW Patrol and it was, a, it was a train wreck and it was fine.
1: Yeah. And that's like a little while later, like Tom was like, did you make a video of Daddy? And I was like, yeah. So I showed him the, the like explainer video that we'd put together. Um, and he was like, oh yeah, I want to see that. And seriously, I think we were at about the like 26 second mark uh-huh. and he was like, okay. And he yeah. just turned around and walked Why
0: off. Why aren't you singing?
1: Right. <laughs> and so if kids if if it's our kids mm-hmm. who were seeing us on the screen who were having a hard time with it like i i just don't blame anybody if, nope. if this was a hard uh, if if it was hard to have everybody do family church on the couch this week Mm-mm. yeah um sorry to answer the rest of your question um i think probably my um my heart jumps to fear more than anger or defense or um a- escaping or whatever my heart jumps to fear and um honestly, I've had to learn a lot about myself, especially since I got married. There were some things that kind of popped up that, um, as I got married and then we had kid, like fear just kind of, um, would creep up on me and I would suddenly realize like, Ooh, I need to like change, make some big changes in my life because fear, I'm not like, I'm constantly thinking about fear. I'm constantly thinking about people in terms of threat and situations and in terms of threat. Right. And so, um, like for the people that I love and it really came from like suddenly I had all these folks in my life that I loved immensely. And, and I wanted to be able to like grab hold of them and control them and protect them from everything possible, which is just, you know, not realistic, you know, for a human and, and something I should be turning over to the Lord. Um, but I, I mean, I really had to coach myself up, train myself up to to not be sprinting towards fear. And, and I felt that my heart tugged towards that, certainly in moments. I mean, last night, it was kind of unwinding and and made the unwise choice of using some unwinding time to look at the news. And uh, like, there was just a few things that I saw, like just some, some accounts from uh, like just regular folks in Italy about some of their experiences. And it just grabbed hold of me. And I felt my heart like sprinting towards fear and had to like sort of shut that down and, um, you know, take some of the steps that, you know, that I've seen be helpful for me to kind of pull my heart out of those like sort of clutches of fear. If that makes sense. you know. Mm.
0: Yep. Is this, are you done?
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's, that's, that, I mean, in terms of, that's all I need to respond to, right? Like how do how what are one of those things am I drawn to most, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. What
1: about you, Austin? Are you, what are those are you drawn to most?
0: I thought that was a good response. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> uh, man, I, I would say it's interesting. I, I, I don't know that I've ever, I was ever drawn to fear of much of anything. And then I don't know if you know this, but I broke my neck one time. No. Uh, I, and after, after I broke my neck, I noticed that fear became kind of a part of my life and, and fear, I mean, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So not just, um, about the, the fear of security and, and mortality of my own life, but also that of the people I love. And so, right. um, I definitely feel some of that. I, I also feel my heart being I, radically inconsistent because I, I, I feel like even this Sunday felt very convicted that, um, Canceling our services and and going to an online, uh, yeah. streaming platform was was the direction that the Lord had for us. But um, then on Sunday uh, afternoon, I felt myself, you know, having some idle time and really wanting to go to Dirt Cheap, and I could feel mm. my heart start to rationalize, you know, right. um, wanting to, to to cancel services. But I could also say, but I can go to the mall, sure. you know, I, yeah. I I can go, you know, like that, that's and so. I, I, it has, in the last couple of days, called out some inconsistencies, I think in my own thinking about this, and um, uh, it, w- which also draws out uh, the implications of how th- there's a lot of unknown here. And in terms of what this looks like for us moving forward, I think we're still all in the dark as to how long this is um, gonna keep us out and what this looks like um, for our family and for school. I mean, we're looking at uh, what homeschooling options could look like. For, uh, in, in the coming right. uh, weeks and months. And so, um, yeah, I think that uh, it, it there's fear and it also takes away a sense of control because we, at this point, are really just, um, uh, we're, it's just kind of a sit and wait type of situation now. Yeah, absolutely.
1: What about you, Tyler?
2: Yeah. Um, my first response is usually not fear. Yeah. It usually comes sometime later. Um, I I think typically I can, I can be aware of something happening and then yet also if it's far away, kind of disengage from it. So it can kind of stay at a head level. Now, if something's in my world, like directly, then I'll react much differently. This still feels like it's very far off in terms of its actual, um, implications at times. And so I have to actually fight to really be engaged with that. And to, to come face to face with that. But then there are moments where I'm like, well, if it comes here, what happens with my grandparents? What, you know what I mean? So I, so I can kind of get there, but typically my first response is kind of one, um, of this, I I don't know. I might even describe it as kind of like a, like a blind faith, like Mm -hmm. maybe an unhelpful faith at times that can just kind of disregard. And so I had to last week, um, actually start to fight to engage it in a healthy way. Um, and I had to like catch myself pretty early on, or I could have gone until like, Oh, it gets really close. And now I'm starting to think about this. Absolutely. Um, and I need to, I need to think about things like that sooner. I need to, um, so sometimes it can feel like if things are in another country, they don't affect me, which is actually could be a really dark thing to not have compassion for people to not be sure. able to kind of enter into that. And so I have to kind of like fight really hard to enter in um, because I don't what I don't want to do most of the time is I don't want to be on either end of the spectrum. But in kind of denying both of those, both fear and anger, right. I can distance myself from it altogether. Sure. And so I had to fight pretty hard to actually get engaged with what was going on. And as I have, I found myself a, like more leaning towards fear, but mm-hmm. it's taken me more just to even engage it. Um, but it's been an interesting journey of trying to like, man, I want to have compassion that this is affecting a lot of people. Right. And this is, this is. This has massive implications, whether or not Abilene, Texas, ever gets overrun with the coronavirus, right? Right. And so that's where I am now. But it took me a little bit of time to really dig into that.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. I can't remember; it was a few weeks ago that I stumbled across this idea, like somebody was talking about um, optimism and like sort of the uselessness of optimism, which sounds pretty callous, right? But because I think I, I think of myself most of the time as a as an optimist. Austin sometimes jokes with me about being a you know an optimist, but. Um, but how optimism... A specific type
0: of optimism. Yeah, I have a certain kind of optimism. I don't know if you want to talk about that on the podcast. I yeah, no, I'm not ready to share that. I'm not ready to get that vulnerable. Okay. Cool. Um, but
1: there's there's a real difference between optimism and hope. Like optimism, like you're talking about, it's just sort of that like blind, no reason behind it, no evidence behind it. It's just like, oh, things will be fine, right? Which is just as blind as pessimism, right? Which is which sure. just assumes things are always going to get mm-hmm. worse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is not like... Hope and optimism are very different things, and we're called to hope, right? Which is, you know, this faith born out of the faithfulness of God, the promises of God, and our trust in the character of God, um, that those promises will find their yes, their ultimate fulfillment um, in in the, you know, in the the fullness of time. All of those promises of God, because of his character, his trustworthiness, will find their yes in Christ, right? And so, in that way, we hope, right? Which I heard somebody describe one time, maybe I stole this from you. I don't, Austin, I don't remember, but defining, um, hope as faith standing on tiptoe, like mm. it's born out of, out of Christian faith that we hope, which is very different from optimism, which like you're saying can be this, just like things are going to be fine.
0: I, I had a friend with a podcast a few years ago and he, he called it hopeful realism. Hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I just thought that that was, I mean, that's the already not yet, you know, yeah. that the yeah. fact that there's redemption coming, that all things will be made new, that, You've got Revelation 21 waiting for us secure in the future. But in the meantime, we live in the midst of Romans 8 groaning for the yeah. uh, restoration of all things. And so there's a, a realism to the brokenness of, of our world, but there's hope beyond the brokenness. And so um, I have I, always loved that title, um, hopeful realism, to explain kind of the space that Christians live in.
2: Yeah, yeah that's great. That's good. Um, That's helpful even to explain like mid last week, I felt disengaged. And then as I started to go like, I got to like dig into this. Mm -hmm. I had a morning where I woke up and was like very sober minded, very aware of like the threat, but also very hopeful that just kind of had this sense that I think God wants to do some good out of this. Whereas the day before, that wasn't really on my radar, you know? And, but that morning I woke up and I was like, I think God wants to do something about this, but I've got to be like awake to hear it. I've got to be like awake to say, God, what is it that you want to speak to me in this? And what is it that you want to do? And what do you want to do in your church? Like those sort of things. And I think that's, a. I think you put words to kind of like what I experienced last week.
0: Yeah. Hope's got to live in reality. And, and, and there's that tension that, I mean, when you think about the Bible and theology in general, there's always, you're, you're navigating paradoxes and, and, um, I, I had a mentor for a long time that used to talk about a pulley system and how, um, the, the, the angle was to try to keep the pulleys in the middle. And there's that, mm-hmm. um, paradox of, of, of hope and reality that we, uh, keep in unison with one another that we don't have to despair, but we also, uh, navigate the waters of this world. Yeah, that's good.
2: I want to ask two more questions. Um, the first one. Um, so we've talked a little bit about how we're dealing with it personally and how we're tempted to react. Um, what What is? I know you're, you've talked a little bit about what's happening with your family, looking into homeschool options. But like, what What are you trying to do to kind of redeem the time at home, mm-hmm. um, but also just enjoy the fact that things are going to be slowed down for our kids for a while? Sure. Um, they're not going to be in school for a little while, so our schedules yeah. probably need to you know, mirror that a little bit at times. Like we'd be more present with our families, um, in this season than most. Um, what, what is it you're trying to do at home? You know, whether it be to, to love your kids well, or just to spend time and enjoy them. What are some of the things that you guys are doing to kind of pass the time? Well,
0: building lots of forts. Yeah. Yeah, There you go. Yeah. Pillow forts. We made a, a, an epically humongous fort in the girls room yesterday. I was actually talking to Kath last night. Um, I think, you know, I, I, I worked all day on uh, Saturday getting everything ready for the video, Saturday right. night. But um, I think Friday and then Sunday were two of the best family days that we've had in as long as I can remember. And it was because I wasn't um, – I, I felt like it was a, a, a lot to do with my disposition. I wasn't distracted. I wasn't um, – I, I didn't feel like I had a, a, a ton of other things I needed to do, a ton of other places I needed to go. I just felt myself being fully and totally engaged with our kids – Um, We had a great dinner together. We were able to pray about uh, people who had texted us um, throughout the day that were feeling anxious or worried about jobs and um, things like that. And so I think just inviting your kids into the typical, um, like when you get texts from somebody and you say you're going to pray for them, invite your kids, like have your children pray for that person. Yeah,
1: that's great. Go ahead and stop and pray. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and our kids... my, my kids are, are, have kind of gotten into that rhythm and it works. It, it's, it's really worked so well for us to have those conversations.
1: Yeah. We were in Colorado, um, last week. Um, like it's sort of in this, in this cabin, um, you know, way far away from people. And so we had very limited, we really slow internet access and, um, we weren't turning on the news or anything, so as we were keeping up with things and how things were changing and all that kind of stuff, I mean, we just felt it, it felt very different, right? Because I mean, we maybe saw two people drive past that house mm-hmm. the whole time we were there, mm-hmm. um, and so it just felt very different. I mean, we felt literally, you know, isolated, uh, kind of quarantined away from everything, um, and so driving back was a was a, it was sort of strange, like just suddenly being around a lot of people after hearing everything that was that was happening. Um, but I remember on the way back, like. I I heard Amy um, talking to our oldest um, about like basically they they ran inside to a convenience store and on the way out there was like a little um, hand sanitizer thing and so she made them all do the hand sanitizer on their hands and then uh, when they came out um, or, no, she made them wash their hands when they were in the bathroom. And when we came out, she had them all use hand sanitizer. And my boys were just like, We just washed our hands. Why do we need to use hand sanitizer? And so Amy's like, Well, here's what's going on. There's this virus going around. And, and so she just starts talking to them about it. And I just, I really appreciate this about Amy. Like, she she will, like, talk at an appropriate level, but she, tr- she talks very, like, sort of plainly about what this is and says, Here's what this is about. And it can be dangerous for some people. Um, and, you know, but, but you need to know, this isn't you know, this is how this affects kids, you know, most of the time. And, and so all we're trying to do is make sure that we're really, really um, careful about all these kind of things. Right. And so she just explains it very, very clearly. And I just so appreciate, like, I just kind of, it was like one of those moments where you kind of marvel at how much of a better parent your spouse is (laughs) uh, than you are. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I really, I really appreciated that. And so like, we're, you know, we're having some conversations uh, about those kind of things. Um, And, you know, trying to be real clear about that. We had some real honest conversations about like, um, you know, like, well, if if people are dying, isn't that okay? Because they're going to get to see Jesus, right? Like one of our one of our boys said that. And we said, well, yeah, that's that's true. That is that is a good thing for those those who follow after Jesus, but. God values the life that He's given us. Like we see that throughout the Scriptures, God yeah. values the life that that um, that we've been given, and so um, we need to value that too. And so we need to serve people and care for people right here, right now, and 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 not just say, "Oh, well, the, if they die, they'll be better off with God," right? But but to say, um, "No," I mean, first of we don't we don't think that every person who's going to be affected by this is a Christian, and so we want to you know we we want uh, to continue to. Be evangelists and share the gospel with people, um, especially during this time. But in addition to that, uh, we want to care for people's physical needs. We want to do what we can to keep ourselves, um, you know, to to follow good habits so that we're not getting anybody else sick. Because God values life, and so we ought to value that that life too. But the not spiritual answer to that question about how we're trying to use this time um, is that we dug out the old like we the like. Nintendo Wii game system um and we have been playing Mario Kart um for you know a little while the last couple of days uh and that has been awesome and my kids are terrible at it <laughs> <clears throat> and I just like dominate like in in our house like I am the unquestioned mm. champion of Mario Kart which has just been a lot of
0: fun that's great so, <laughs> yeah We pulled out the um, humidifier and the sound makers.
2: Oh,
1: also as fun as a Nintendo.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's essentially the same thing. It's the same
0: stuff. Man, you are a fun dad. (laughs) (laughs) But I put the humidifier in the fort with the sound makers, so it sounded like crickets. And then we got, we we have this six foot long um, tiger we call Linda. And so we put Linda in there with, some other stuffed animals. It's a stuffed animal. Linda is right, and so it felt like we were in the rainforest. It was awesome. It was okay, honestly
1: that's pretty. That's pretty
0: strong. That was pretty me? good. Yeah, I had a that's way
2: great. better finish than start. Shoot, that was good. Yeah, you yeah, suckered sorry. me in there to make fun of you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: and then you just shamed me. Yeah,
0: it was because it was I, like I was proud of myself yesterday. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, that's a way better move than I've been trying to figure to out how to work it games. into
0: the podcast just to to, to <laughs> dote oh, on great. myself. That's great.
2: We yeah. uh, we pulled out a little. Uh, I showed Ali some Dude Perfect videos. Yeah, so oh. we did a, little, a couple trick shots at the oh. house yesterday. That's great. Um, that was really fun. Yeah, that's great. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um. I, yeah, I think that's really great. So, I you know I, I feel like there's for a lot of people. You know, you've gone through life at this maybe even just this last season at a certain pace, and then this just disrupts everything that has been now maybe you're doing some things the same maybe your your job stays the same or maybe you're working remote like but for everyone there's some level of disruption right um so but i also feel like a lot of people carry like a lot of added pressure with like what are you supposed to do with this moment with this this time um and austin you said something a minute ago that i thought was just really good you just said those two days you had with your family were just kind of you were able to be present Mm -hmm. um what would you say kind of how would you go about, you know, inviting people into this season? Like, what do you think God has for people in this season? Not like necessarily, here's the one takeaway, but maybe the posture people should take into this season Yeah, um, and kind of respond with so that they can kind of be ready for whatever God has for them?
0: Man, it's so interesting how I, I feel like this season, man, the Lord, I think, has a lot of opportunities for the kingdom in it. Because it's, I, I'm, I'm sure like you guys, you know, we're in our 30s, we have young children, we have um, jobs, and all sorts of other things. So I just feel like my mind is constantly moving. Um, there, there is so much to accomplish and achieve all the time. And to have this season where it seems like the Lord has ha, has put something in front of us that is forcing us all to take a step back, to breathe, and to be slower, and to not have. I mean, we're not able to be as well planned. We, by the nature of it, have to be stationed at the house, and to take this time to be, um, uh, uh, in in a lot of ways, as a gift given to our families to right. be um, connected to our our, our children. To uh, like Amy's been doing, and like Catherine in my home has been doing, to speak life into our kids about a a, a really dire um, situation. Um, so I think on 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 one level, being able to be Intentional and engaged at the house, and then and again, this is going to tie into my nerdiness a little bit. But um, our our college guy uh, Santi recommended a book to me a couple days ago called *The Rise of Christianity* by Rodney Stark. It was built uh, written in 1997. Jr. What were you doing in 1997?
1: Well, I was 12. Mm. So I don't know probably like I probably had just gotten into Calvin's Institutes.
0: Oh. <laughs> that's good. No, not really. Man, that's great. I don't know. I was wearing Jankos and listening to Weezer. <laughs> I wasn't
1: nearly that cool. Yeah. I was definitely listening to Garth Brooks and uh wearing jeans that were tapered.
0: Oh wow. Good yeah. for you. <laughs> Cowboy boots. Well anyways, this book um it's about the, uh, clearly the rise of Christianity. And I thought it was interesting because I've, I've ordered the book, hadn't come in yet. Yeah. But one of his premises in the book is that Christianity made this jump from the death of Christ to 300 AD, from going from, you know, a couple hundred followers of Christ to over five million people right. following Jesus. Like a, it was a tenth of the, or 10% of the Roman Empire wow. uh, being Christians within 300 years. And one of the things that he, attributes the rise of Christianity to is their response to difficult situations, specifically um, the smallpox crisis that they experienced and and other uh, pandemics that were present back then, and how the, the pagan world was running away from those things and trying to um, salvage themselves and, and trying to self-preserve, and the Christian community consistently was engaging the brokenness right. and was caring for people in the empire and was sticking around and trying to love the least of these and care for those that had no one to care for them. And he, and, and, and from his book, uh, I think it's in chapter four that he goes through that that progression, but he, he really thinks that it was the Christian's response to crisis that caused the explosive growth of, of Christianity in the early years. And um, I, I just look at our situation here. And while we, we again, we, we, we um, live in hopeful reality. And so uh, we have to be present in the place that we are. We have to be wise. We need to take care of our families. We need to wash our hands and use Purell. But uh, in, in addition to that, uh, we need to lean into what Christ has called us to, to care for the least sure. of these and to... Um, look for the hurting and the marginalized and the broken around us that uh, may feel abandoned or may feel um, right. cast off by the, the the people around them. And I think this is a, a, an incredible opportunity for the Christian community uh, to engage now, right? Um, to to put down roots and to be present and consistent and to press in.
1: Yeah, I mean that's really good. I, I totally think right. Amy and I were having a conversation um, late yesterday. Where we were talking about like you were just kind of checking in on each other like how are you doing with all of this right and um Mm -hmm. just talking about how this the thing just feels so big i mean Mm -hmm. it's it's affected every part of life like we talked about um, a little bit in one of those videos right like this affects economics and it affects like just like restaurants and uh you know businesses that you wouldn't ever imagine and and it affects like you know, whether or not you're going to see family and whether or not, you know, if it, it touches every part of life and it does that for people all over the world, right? Mm-hmm. And so it just feels like this massive, um, big thing. And so it's easy for it to cause a little bit of anxiety in us because it's so big. You feel like you can't even get your hands around it, right? And, w- and when it feels like it's something that like could be right next door to you and it's all over the world and it's affecting everyone in every way, it just feels so big that it, it like sort of like, I mean, it's overwhelming, you know Hmm. and i think i think Hmm. you're right like the the reason we talked about people can respond to this by getting defensive or by escaping or by um you know panicking is because it's at those moments when you're confronted with your humanity with your inability to actually control your circumstances that you have these moments where you sort of like want to rebel against your uh, or or fight for your humanity or fight for your control Hmm. right um but but the the Christian, like, sort of anthropology, the Christian belief about what it means to be who we're created to be is to recognize I don't need to rebel against my humanity or, or fight to, to, or, to reclaim, like, some, some, you know, ridiculous idea that I had that I was more than human. Instead, I'm to recognize I'm created actually to be human, mm-hmm. um, to be an image bearer of God who is dependent on God. And who's dependent on that relationship with God. And so when there's something that is this big that opens my eyes to, to how big the things are around me and how I actually can't control things, then the place I need to run is actually to respond like through the lens of scripture, which, which drives me to peace that God is sovereign. Mm-hmm. Like I find my peace not in finally being able to control this or not in Purell or not in any of these things like you talked about mm-hmm. in the sermon, which I thought you did such a great job with, but to talk about how we find our peace in the fact that God is in control. Mm-hmm. So like you're saying, all I really can do is look around me and say, how can I serve people? What yeah. what do I need to be faithful to in in being a human who has limited capacity and limited abilities? What do I need to be faithful to? And that's like, I mean, we have a, a few neighbors on our street, that if they're following the right, like the, the prescribed behavior, they need to be staying in their house. Yeah. And so what are the ways that we can make them feel safe and feel served and loved and serve them um, by saying, Hey, can we run an errands for you? Is there anything that you need? Is there something we can do? Did you forget to grab milk?
0: Man, right. it's, it's amazing to think about the fact that 50, you know, to 80 years from now, history might be able to look back and say Christianity <laughs> hit this moment of, of, of exponential growth because of the coronavirus and sure. the believers response to it yeah. throughout the world. And I, I'm, I'm, man, I believe that that's a, a, a radical resp- uh, um, possibility. I, right. I, I believe that there's a big possibility for the Lord to use this to bring uh, about revival for his kingdom. Yeah.